This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. First time we've been on on a Friday in a while. It is debate night tonight. Governor Greg Abbott, the Republican incumbent in Texas, debates Democratic challenger Echo. I'm echoing? Are you serious? There there shouldn't be an echo. What? No, everything should be good. What are you talking about? Echo. Like, is it really bad? There, there is nothing different about my setup from every other time that I am live streaming. Then I would have to... Um, I'm probably going to have to to restart then real fast. I'm sorry. It's it's that bad? No echo on YouTube is what RB is saying. So apparently it's not me. It might be you, Warlord. You had me open in two different places? Dante says they can't hear me, which is weird. Somebody give me a straight answer on my audio. <laughs> Do I need to do I need to reboot this bitch? What is going on? YouTube is fine. BA Baracus, love you. I when I was coming on, my headphones were staticky and I'm like, "What?" and I I jiggled the wire and it made it worse. But anyway, I'm trying to I'm trying to run this down. We're here for the Abbott uh, O'Rourke debate in Texas tonight. Beto O'Rourke is the Democratic challenger. Greg Abbott is the Republican incumbent. That is going to happen here in about five minutes. Those of you watching on Twitch, usually I hit my commercial breaks on Twitch during the countdown so you don't have to deal with them until an hour into the show. Uh, because I came on a little early to be able to get to the debate... I'm going to hit the ads for anyone who is not a subscriber. I'm going to hit the ads for you, but you're going to get the debate in full without ads because I'm going to hit the ad break here in just like a minute. Those of you who don't get ads, we're going to run down the upcoming debates that we're going to be broadcasting live here on the Troll Patrol. So... I have, and this is not my complete list. I will continue to update this as uh, races come across that I uh, I really want to see the debate for and that there might be interest in. Unfortunately, Rand Paul has declined to debate Charles Booker. And so far, uh, Senator John Kennedy has uh, waffled on whether he would debate Gary Chambers. But here is not a complete list of all of the debates that we will be covering, but a somewhat complete list of the debates we will be covering. Let me try to go in order here. It looks like the first debate will be on October 6th. It is the Arizona Senate debate between Blake Masters 
and John Kelly. There is a lot of interest in that race. Uh, the next day on October 7th, we're going to get Ron Johnson in Wisconsin, the Republican incumbent, debating the Democratic challenger Mandela Barnes. On October 12th, we're going to go to Arizona for the gubernatorial debate. It is Lake versus Hobbs. Kerry Lake, the batshit crazy Republican candidate. Hobbs is, I believe, the Secretary of State currently. This is going to be an open seat. The debate is on October 12th, on October 13th. We get a second debate between Ron Johnson and uh, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. On October 14th, Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Very excited for that one. Also in Georgia on October 17th, Stacey Abrams versus Brian Kemp. On October 18th, in the Florida Senate race, we're going to get Val Demings, the Democratic challenger, debating Marco Rubio, the Republican incumbent. On October 20th, in Nevada, Cortez Masto, the Democrat incumbent. And this is a, this is a very important seat. The Democrats uh, are in a tough fight here in Nevada. Laxalt is a batshit crazy trumper. That's happening on October 20th. Also on October 20th, in Florida, Ron DeSantis... The Governor's Race, facing off against Charlie Crist. On October 25th, Warlord, this is the one you want to mark your calendar for. In the Pennsylvania Senate Race, Dr. Oz. The Republican Republican nominee will face off against the Democratic nominee. Well, Mr. John Fetterman. For an open Senate seat. And then we get one more Abrams-Kemp debate on October 30th. And I'm going to keep up uh, with other races that we may want to pay attention to all through the month of October. Let's uh, let's close this down and let's get over to... Hill shows that the pre-show. What's the what's the station we're are the top KXAN. What do you make about what will really be the focus of this debate tonight? Well, uh, I don't know what city they're out of in Texas. Issues, but I think O'Rourke would be foolish. That is the live stream we're watching. Grid failing because that's something that crosses party lines. That's something that can attract independents to him. You know that he can point to Abbott as failing on. Um, so even though that's not one of the issues that was brought up, I don't know in that poll whether that was offered to people or whether they wrote in issues. But I think the electric grid is important for him to bring up. All right. Well, Dr. Gina Masulo, uh, thank you for taking the time tonight and sticking around with us for this conversation. And I know you'll be watching the debate closely tonight. 
Somebody, somebody commented when we were talking about my audio issues that they couldn't hear me after I asked about the echo. That's hilarious. I just got that. I didn't fuck his audio up. I don't think. I think that's on their end. Yeah, they cut his mic. Uh, If I had to guess, the production booth cut the wrong mic. Here we go. Now remember everybody, as we learned last night on the Troll Patrol, Greg Abbott is a little piss baby. Commercial wrong. Good evening, my friend. Greg Abbott is a little piss baby. Greg Abbott. He wants to go take your guns and deny you your Second Amendment rights. We will not let that happen. Challenger Beto O'Rourke. An abortion ban with no exception for rape or incest. That is not us. That may be Greg Abbott. So it may just be me being a political junkie, but I'm really excited for all the debates we're going to be watching this month. I'm so stoked. Abortion rights, gun violence, and how far we'll go to protect our children at school. Tonight, the heat is on in South Texas, live from the University of Texas. But also, don't forget, the Friday Night Freak Show will be on at its normal time. Joining myself and special guest co-host, Sir Warmups. ...of Texas, Rio Grande Valley in Edinburgh for the Texas Governor's Debate. And we are so happy that you're joining us tonight. I am your host, Britt Moreno, anchor at KXAN in Austin. This debate is airing live from El Paso to Tyler and from Amarillo to Brownsville, carried by 14 Nexstar Media Group stations in Texas, as well as five partner TV stations. And we want you all to join in the conversation on social media. Use the hashtag TXGovDebate. You'll see it there at the bottom. You heard the woman. You're all here to watch these two men share their vision for the state of Texas. Asking the questions tonight, our panelists. From KSAT in San Antonio, anchor Steve Spreester. My colleague at KXAN, anchor Sally Hernandez. And from the Dallas Morning News, political writer Gromer Jeffers. Candidates, let's briefly go over the rules for tonight. Each candidate will have 60 seconds for each question. Rumor Jeffers. Our follow-ups, candidates will then have 30 seconds, and there will be up to 30 seconds allowed. At the end of the debate, each candidate will have 30 seconds for closing statements, and when your time is up, you're going to hear this bell. And with that, let's get started. I'm going to Man, I can't imagine trying to answer a question in one question. minute. Britt, thank you. And again, thank you both. I would do three or five minutes. What the hell? Exciting night. Got a lot of questions to ask you both, but I just want to remind you, please pay attention to but the This is only an hour long debate. You're not talking over each other and I don't have to interrupt you and our viewers at home. Uvaldi may be the topic right off the top. Immigration. Immigration oh, nope, I was wrong. Relevant here in the Rio Grande Valley. For years, U.S. Customs and Border Protection has ranked it as the number one area for migrants crossing illegally along the entire southwestern border. Many communities here have suffered enormous monetary costs. Governor Abbott, let's start with you and you have 60 seconds with this question. What would you do to alleviate the financial burden placed on these communities? We've been working to respond to the disaster 
caused by the Biden administration that has caused such an economic burden on these communities. Uh, farms and ranches are, are run over. Communities are disrupted. Homes that are invaded. Uh, remember, take a hit every time he blames Biden for something? Borders in decades, but under the Biden administration, we have more people coming across the border than ever in the history of our country. Texas has responded by making sure that we have the National Guard and DPS uh, deployed uh, where they're making arrests and turning back illegal immigrants, as, as well as what we're doing to help local communities by busing them from uh, the area where Border Patrol is dropping them off uh, to sanctuary cities uh, in northeastern parts of the country. Uh, but what we're doing is making sure that we are keeping our community safe, and this is completely different than the way things would be uh, under Beto because he said months ago, there is no problem on the border. He said that uh, he would reduce uh, immigration enforcement. He even said that 95% of people come across the border Thank illegally. You, he would allow to stay. Okay, uh, Mr. O'Rourke, I want to, I want to give you a, a chance to respond. And let me just repeat the question first for our viewers and for you. What would you do to alleviate the financial burden placed on border communities related to migrants crossing over 60 seconds, please? What we just heard from the governor is what we are likely to hear over the course of this debate. He's going to blame people like President Biden. He's going to try to lie about my record, and he's going to distract from his failures, whether it's his failure to keep the lights on in the grid, his failure to address school shootings, or his failure in immigration. We are eight years into his time as governor, and this is what we have on our border. In fact, $4 billion into Operation Lone Star, we're seeing not fewer but more encounters at our border right now. What we need is a safe, legal, orderly path for anyone who wants to come here to work, to join family, or to seek asylum. If you come to this country, we expect you to follow the law. But on our side, we're going to make sure that our laws reflect our values and our interests. And I'm going to work with local leaders, Republicans and Democrats alike, to make sure that we have a Texas-based guest worker program to alleviate shortages that we have in our state for labor demands and reduce inflation and address supply chain issues as well. Thank you. Governor Abbott, you just... I, I appreciate that, Monsoor. I'm trying to have a follow-up question about that. I'm, trying to, I'm going to try to lay out. I've heard the comments on YouTube. has been directed to the Operation Lone Star Border Security Initiative. Uh, the program has seen its funding increase as recently as this past July. So the question, Governor, and 30 seconds if you can to answer this, should more money be allocated towards Operation Lone Star? And if so, Governor, how much? Well, candidly, we shouldn't have to seconds. allocate any money for it because this is all because of Joe Biden's failure to do the president's job to secure the border. We're only having to do that because of Joe Biden's failure and because it would be the same pathway uh, that Beto would take us down. Speaking of which, he talked about this uh, guest worker program. He could have done that had he won the race for the Senate or won the race for president. That's not a job for governor. The job of governor is to have to deal with the chaos caused by the Biden administration and its open border policies that Beto would replicate. Just, what we have uh, is chaos you... thanks to Governor Abbott right now. Okay, let me give you 15 seconds to answer the question for me. Um, how much money should be going toward Operation Lone Star. And I'm telling you, zero dollars okay. should be going to Operation Lone Star, and that's what it would be if we had a president who was enforcing the immigration laws of the United States of America. Mr. Work, I want to go over to you 30 seconds for this question. It's the same one. Should more money be allocated towards Operation Lone Star? No, it's clearly failed. Um, the numbers are in. We're seeing not fewer but more engagements at our border. When the governor spent $4 billion of our tax dollars on what has turned out to be political theater for his political career. Yeah, for those of you who don't realize, it's, it's the stunt that he pulled where he's pulling over all the trucks and shit. 
Now they get a bus ride to Chicago or Washington, D.C. or New York. We don't need any more stunts. We need solutions. We need those coming here to follow our laws. We need to make sure our laws follow Thank our values. You. Hey, I had to look up what they were talking about. Thanks, Governor. Sure. So th- these uh, are efforts to protect our state. There is a record amount of fentanyl coming across the border. This deadly, we Texas law enforcement has seized enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the entire country. And this is because okay. of Joe Biden's policy. Thank you, policies. Governor Abbott. I assure you we have a lot of questions, a lot of topics to get to, and Steve has the next one. Thank you, Sally, and thank you, gentlemen, for both being here tonight. Uh, Mr. Rook, I want to continue with the immigration topic now. You've criticized the deployment of National Guard troops to the border. Here's a clip of you speaking at a March rally in College Station. There are Guard members from Texas A&M who are on the border right now in Zapata and Webb and Hidalgo counties to go be part of a solution in search of a problem. A solution in search of a problem. More recently, you told the Houston Chronicle that you will put some troops on the border as governor. Oh, whoa, potato. Thank you for the raid. Why your view on deploying troops has seemingly changed when it comes to the border. It hasn't. I've actually been to Zapata and Webb and Maverick counties and listened to these members of the Guard who had less than a week to say goodbye to their families and to their careers and into their communities to be part of the governor's political theater. Those aren't my words. Those are their words. So far, we've lost the lives of eight Guard members. Four of them have taken their lives and four of them have died in questionable circumstances, none of whom, by the way, was killed by anybody coming in to this country. Um, These Guard members say they have no powers to arrest or detain anybody. 10,000 Guard members, $4 billion, and it's been a complete failure, much as everything that the governor has done has been a failure for this state. What we need are solutions, not more stunts. Where we can have a strategic deployment on a voluntary basis for Guard members, let's do that. I've been consistent on that. Where we can partner with local sheriffs, with DPS troopers, let's do that. But we need to work on things like a Texas-based guest worker program to meet labor needs in our communities and ensure that our laws match our values. For all you Twitch people, I'm trying to lay out more because the YouTube people get really pissed when I talk over shit like this. Advocates and Democratic elected officials have expressed concerns about the treatment of migrants being bused from Texas to other states and cities. Here's New York Mayor Eric Adams talking about that just last week. And when we reached out to Governor Abbott and stated, can we coordinate, can we identify, you know, who's traveling here, that we don't have to guess this, they refused to do so. The White House has called this a political stunt. Governor Abbott, is this a political stunt? Yes! Has there been coordination with the states and cities these migrants are being taken to? And if not, why not? You have 60 seconds, sir. I'm bigger on YouTube, woke potato. Officials, uh, sheriffs, mayors, police chiefs, and county judges, where they were overrun with the number of migrants that Border Patrol had dumped into the, to their tiny little communities. They needed relief, and busing was one of the ways of providing them relief, and thus began the process of, of busing the migrants to cities that self-identified as sanctuary cities. Mayor Adams has never called my office, never talked to anybody uh, in, in my administration, uh, and so what he's saying is just flat-out false. There has been communication between non-governmental organizations in Texas as well as the ultimate location, whether it be Washington, D.C., or New York. But going back to what Bethel said, he's what you showed on video earlier was what happens throughout this entire campaign 
where Beto continues to flip-flop on issue after issue after issue. He's flip-flopped on the border issue. Wait, wasn't he selling flip-flops at one point? In time? No, was that Ted Cruz? And the Green New Deal. Uh, he's flip-flopped on defunding the police. Whether it's one issue or another, he keeps changing positions. I want to be clear, though. You say that Mayor Adams has never called your office. Correct. Thank you. Mr. O'Rourke, I want to follow up on this. You've called the busing of migrants a political stunt as well. Why shouldn't sanctuary cities share the burden of what's happening on the Texas border? You have Thanos, Master Abel, thank you for being here. Uh, no one cares more I love about the security and safety of the border than those who are raising our children there. I also served as a city council member there. And in my time working with law enforcement, working with state and federal partners, we were able to help make El Paso, Texas, one of the safest cities in the United States of America. It's because we were looking at solutions instead of these stunts. I just want to remind everyone, this guy's been governor for eight years, and this is where we are today. Some of the worst levels of engagement encounters, fentanyl trafficking, and human smuggling that we've seen. That's Mr. the result Rourke, of stunts instead of the, solutions. Stick to the time, please. Thank you. Steve, I've got to respond to what he just said. Absolutely. I'll give you, I'll give you. I mean, he finished his sentence. El Paso. The, the fact of the matter is that El Paso Next. mayor a Democrat, the El Paso City Council Democrats, they are now busing more people than the state of Texas is busing. And he's not calling them out for them busing complete, people to other regions. It's a completely different program. It, it, is, it is apples to oranges. And I'll tell you, this hateful rhetoric, this treating human beings as political pawns, talking about invasions okay, gonna, in Texas, Texas defending themselves, that's how people get killed at the Walmart in El Thank Paso. You, the gentleman in Hudspeth uh, that we just learned about yesterday. This is incredibly dangerous for Texas and is not reflective of our values. Okay, Governor, I want to give you 30 seconds to respond to those charges. Sure, I mean, it's, it's, it's clear you know, that, that Beto just wants to perpetuate the open border policy is to mischaracterize exactly what's going on. Uh, he refuses to acknowledge uh, that the city of El Paso, because they are so overwhelmed by Joe Biden's open border policies, they too are having to bust migrants out of their communities because they have no way uh, of keeping them there. That's what we're trying to do to help our local communities and make sure that we are going to lighten the load. No, no one is for open borders, uh, not the least of us who, who actually live on the borders. Th this is the kind of stunts right, I wanna, that you I wanna, get from Greg wanna, Abbott. We I, need solutions right now. I want to go to a follow-up for you, Governor Abbott, sure. and it's on the busing question. These migrants are being sent to states and cities with Democratic leadership. Why aren't these migrants being sent to so-called sanctuary cities in Republican-led states like New Orleans or, or Metro Professor Atlanta? Q. You have 30 seconds. So, again, because these cities of New York and Washington, D.C. and Chicago are so large and have the infrastructure that's available they have the capability of accommodating the number of migrants that are being sent better than these other cities that you talked about. Uh, there will be other cities in the future that also will be on the receiving end of migrants because we will continue to have to move migrants because Joe Biden continues to allow more illegal immigrants to come into the state of Texas. Thank you, Governor. My colleague, Gromer Jeffers, has the next question. Thank you, Steve, and hello, gentlemen. Um, good to see you both. You too, Gromer. Uh, let's pivot now. What up, Grower? Gun control. Following the Uvalde massacre, many community, many community members <clears throat> made this one specific plea. Here's one student who survived the shooting at Robb Elementary. You have to be 21 to buy a case of beer, but an 18-year-old bought a gun to kill kids. That does not make sense. To be clear, that's a call to raise the age limit to buy an AR-15. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. A Republican governor in Florida broke with the NRA to sign this into law. Better for everybody. The Parkland mass shooting. 
Mr. What up, Rob? Rob Noxious. I love that name. You say it will be done if you're elected. Can you please explain your positions? Let's start with you, Governor Abbott. You have 60 seconds. First, there's... The question is Uvalde. A little girl like that should ever have to say anything like that. There's a reason why these parents are angry, and and they're rightfully angry, uh, and I can feel uh, their pain. No No parent should lose a child, and we want to do everything we can to make sure that does not happen. We want to end school shootings, but we cannot do that by making false promises. It's a false promise to suggest that we can pass a law that will be upheld uh, by the Constitution uh, to raise the age, and here's why. The most recent Federal Court of Appeals decision on this particular issue said that that it was unconstitutional for a state to raise the age from 18 to 21 uh, for a person to buy an AR-15. So any attempt uh, to try to to raise the age is going to be met uh, with it being overturned. So we need to get to the bottom of what is really ailing our communities, and that is the mental health that is leading people to engage in school shootings. And Texas is already addressing that. Yeah, just just a quick follow-up. Once again, I hate when they scapegoat mental health. You're a former attorney general. <clears throat> For those of you that may just be joining us, this is the Texas gubernatorial debate between Democratic challenger Beto O'Rourke and Republican incumbent Greg Abbott. Purely from a legal uh, position, based upon what that Court of Appeals decision ruled, and importantly, based upon what the Supreme Court decision said in a June opinion that changed the way that that Parkland case was determined. I know how the Parkland case was, was determined. Florida is going to have its law over turn because Thank of this you. new Supreme Court decision. Thank you, Governor. Mr. O'Rourke, in 60 seconds, can you uh, please explain your position on raising the age limit to purchase AR-15 style weapons? First of you all, I'm going to follow, follow the lead of those families from Uvalde. That's who I'm doing this for. In fact, uh, many of them drove more than five hours, 280 miles to be here today, even though they're not allowed in this theater because of the governor's conditions because they want to hold him accountable because it's been 18 weeks since their kids have been killed and not a thing has changed in this state to make it any less likely that any other child will meet the same fate. All we need is action. And the only person standing in our way is the governor of the state of Texas. Israel, thank you for the resub. After the Parkland shootings, it was 23 days for that Republican governor to raise the age. And in those states where the age has been raised, mass shootings are down 80%. So, yes, we can raise the age to 21. And as governor, I'll bring Republicans and Democrats around the table to do that. Uh, After all of these mass shootings, this governor has done nothing except make it easier for people who should not have a firearm to carry them publicly. And this is what we get as a result. We need change. Governor Abbott, the the last time you ran for governor, we asked you about red flag laws. Uh, And those are laws which could stop uh, an individual with... uh, potential intention to harm others from purchasing a gun. And you said about that, quote, I would not support a red flag law that would take guns away from people without due process. Now, a lot has happened in those four years. Are you open to implementing red flag laws today? You have 30 seconds. Well, let me tell you what I support and I don't support. What what I support is uh, making it a felony uh, for someone to lie on a background check. I signed that into law last year. Uh, I uh, approve of expanding background checks to include juvenile records. Also uh, approve of making it a crime for criminal gangs to buy or to possess a gun. But I'm still against uh, red flag laws for the reason that it would deny a a lawful Texas gun owner their constitutional right to, to due process. Thank you, Governor. 
Mr. O'Rourke, you have been criticized at times for your positions on gun control, including this comment you made in 2019 while running for president. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. But in February, you told reporters in Tyler that you were, quote, not interested in taking anything away from anyone. So which is it, uh, Mr. O'Rourke? Are you for, for confiscating AR-15-style weapons or not? You have 30 seconds. After losing 23 of my neighbors to somebody armed with a weapon of war, um, after talking to these families who could only identify their children in Uvalde by the shoes that they were wearing, it's clear to me that the only place that an AR-15 or an AK-47 makes sense is on a battlefield. But as governor of the state of Texas, I need to be focused on what we can get done. Raising the minimum age of purchase to 21, we can get that done. A red flag law, we'll get that done. Universal background checks, we will get that done. We'll make progress and take action where this governor has failed. Thank you, Mr. Roy. So just to be clear, yes or no, are you for confiscating AR-15 style weapons? I'm for making sure that we make progress. Those families that I was just with from Uvalde want us to take action. This is the common ground. I've listened to Republicans and Democrats alike on this. We can agree on this much. Raise the age to 21. Okay. Red, red flag law and universal Thank background Thank you, check. Mr. O'Rourke. Steve has the next question. <laughs> Thank you, Gromer. I, wanna... I'm trying to figure out why it's an empty... Why did he make that demand? Was it so that the Uvalde parents couldn't fucking shout him down? Its effects, though, go far beyond Uvalde. Mr. O'Rourke, I want you to speak to parents of victims and really all parents statewide worried about their children's safety at school. What would you do if elected to prevent this from happening again? You have 60 seconds. Just like you, I'm a parent with Amy. We're raising Ulysses and Molly and Henry in El Paso. And we are well aware that it's been 18 weeks and this governor has not lifted a finger to make it any less likely that any of our kids will meet that same fate. We need change. The governor just talked about mental health care. Um, we are dead last in the nation when it comes to mental health care access. And he took $211 million from the mental health care budget of the state of Texas. He'll talk about police funding. He failed to fund the police radios in Uvalde, even when that police department asked for them. And you know what? Those radios failed on that day. I want every parent out there to know that the lives of your children are more important to me than the NRA or any special interest or any other political consideration. I will prioritize them ahead of everything else and we will take action and we will make progress. We'll bring Republicans, Democrats, independents alike together and we'll get the job done where this governor has failed to do so. Governor Abbott, to you now, the families of the victims. The Uvalde School District, the Uvalde Commissioners, the Uvalde City Council all asked for you to call a special session in the wake of the tragedy. Governor Greg Abbott is a little pissed, baby. Issues in the past. Can you explain why you didn't call a special session? You have 60 seconds. I will, but I must first respond uh, to what we have to respond to every single day. Beto's was it was it a question in your mind, Tones? False information. He said two things that are completely false. He said that we're we're last in mental health care. The fact of the matter is, Texas could Abbott still win you over? Healthcare because of funding that I provided. Texas has provided more than twenty-five billion dollars for mental health care in the last three sessions. He also said that we did not fund police radios in Uvalde. Completely false. We provided one point six million dollars for Uvalde alone 
for their police radio systems since I've been governor. So Beto continues to provide false information. What I want to make sure that the, the leaders in Uvalde know is, as, as we've shown, we don't need to call a special session in order to take action. Uh, for six consecutive days uh, after the shooting took place, I issued directives to make school safer and respond to the emergency in Uvalde. Uh, and then I remain engaged with the mayor, with the local leaders. It could have been worse. That's what you told those families. That's what would, you told that would, community. And you have you. done nothing to help them. Mr. Governor, we're not done with this topic yet, so you will have your say. But, but Governor, I want to follow up with you. There's a, there's a regular session coming up in January. Will you make school safety an emergency item for lawmakers when they meet? You have 15 seconds. Absolutely. Just like I did uh, in past sessions. This is going to be an emergency item. The, over the summer, I requested special legislative committees to begin working already so that they will have ready when we begin the session to address you about the broader based issue across the entire state of Texas. If it's an emergency call a special session now, what, why wait till the next year? Mr. O'Rourke, a question for you now. Gun bars. I don't know. The, the Twitch seems more sensitive than the YouTube, actually. Why are you Sir, waiting please. to save lives? We, we need to move on. We've got a lot of topics we want to get to. We want to stay on you, Valdi, because there's still spe some questions that we have here. So I appreciate you. I'm thinking, Mox, that it was Ann Richards uh, in the, in the Mr. 90s. Mr. Valley School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo. It has been red since. Law enforcement response at Rob Elementary was fired. Is there anyone else who should be held accountable for the mistakes made in that hallway in Rob Elementary that day? You have 30 seconds. The governor said it himself in an interview to Gromer Jeffers last month. There should be accountability up and down the ballot, beginning with Greg Abbott. I think he has lost the right to serve this state in the most important position of public trust. Um, furthermore, we know that there were 91 DPS troopers for whom he is responsible who were on the other side of an unlocked door, some for more than 70 minutes. There is a complete failure to hold people responsible, accountable. Those families still do not have justice. As governor, I will make it my priority. Thank you, Mr. O'Rourke. Governor, now to you. There was right. it. Go ahead. I'll give you 15 seconds if you want to respond to what well, he I mean, said. Well, I was, I was going to answer your que the question. Thought you were going to ask me, but I've got another question okay. for you. Yeah, he, uh, right after the shooting, you said this. He seems frustrated. The reality is, as horrible as what happened, it could have been worse. Ugh. It could have been worse. You heard sure. Mr. O'Rourke bring it up. You later said you were misled about what happened inside Rob Elementary. If my memory serves me right, that was the day after. So we were just moments after what had happened. Who misled you, and will they be held accountable? You have 30 seconds. Everyone in that briefing room that provided me the information about what law enforcement did, what that comment was based upon was information by law enforcement about all the children in all the other classrooms that they evacuated uh, during the time when the shooter was on the campus. What they did not tell me at the time, however, was that there were dozens, if not more, of other law enforcement that were hanging around in the hallway for over an hour without uh, engaging in the Columbine, Columbine protocol and going in and immediately removing that shooter, which is what they were supposed to do. And because they failed to do that, there does need to be accountability, not just for Pete Arredondo, uh, but also for local law enforcement, DPS. I mean, giving Abbott the benefit of a doubt, I believe that the cops didn't tell him the truth. For not following the Columbine protocol. You will be sure to hold DPS troopers accountable. They, so, you, yes, as in, governor. in a word, yes. But second, there are at least seven 
who are under investigation as we speak right now, two of whom are on suspension as we speak right now. And so we, I expect DPS officers and law enforcement across the state to follow the Columbine protocol. Governor, the, 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 the Governor. buck stops on your desk. You blame everyone else. You blame Joe Biden for we other need issues. To, we need to move you, on. You, you blame need to move on. Do I have to take a hit for that? The cops lie. No, really, really. I think you're both going to want to talk about this next topic. <laughs> it's the topic of abortion. A recent next star, Emerson College and the Hill poll shows more Horrible than... Horrible segue! Horrible segue! You're both going to want to talk about abortion! ...overturning of Roe versus Wade. You both are very outspoken on this issue, but what I want to do tonight is really drill down on specifics. Governor Abbott, you recently sat down with my friend Gromer over here and you talked about what women can do if they are victims of rape or incest. And here's a clip of that interview. Those victims can uh, access uh, health care immediately as well as to report it. Both of those have very meaningful consequences. By accessing health care immediately, they can get the Plan B pill uh, that can uh, uh, prevent a pregnancy from occurring in the first place. Some healthcare advocates say emergency contraception like Plan B is often unavailable or it's too costly for women to afford. And trauma could prevent them from taking emergency contraception in the time frame that it's effective. So, Governor, we're going to start with you with these concerns that I just laid out. Is emergency contraception a viable alternative to abortion for victims of rape and incest? And you have 60 seconds, sir. Sure. So to directly answer the topics that you raised on the availability of it, uh, it's incumbent upon the state of Texas uh, to make sure that it is readily available. For those who are victims of sexual assault or survivors of sexual assault, the state of Texas pays for that, uh, whether it be uh, at a hospital, at a clinic, or, or, or for someone who gets a prescription uh, because of it. And so uh, not only is it should be readily available, but the state of Texas is going to pay for it to make sure that it is available for them. Uh, but Governor, Please notice that I was reacting to the chat, not not nodding along with Abbott. I still want to know, is Plan B the alternative when it comes to somebody who is pregnant from rape or incest? Well, it depends on what you mean by alternative. An alternative, obviously, uh, is uh, to do what we can to assist and aid uh, the victim, uh, and that is to help get them medical assistance that they need. Uh, and the care that they need, but also uh, to know what their options are. They're going to uh, to know that uh, the, the state... What their options are! Alternatives to abortion we want to try to talk them out of carrying... or to, We're, we're going to try to talk them out of aborting the rape baby. Also, that's that's what we're going to do. Prenatal okay. and postpartum care. Thank you, Governor. Mr. O'Rourke, we're going to stay... Prenatal on. and postpartum care. Abbott has said that you support abortion on demand. Do you support any limit on when a woman can't have an abortion? In 60 seconds for this question. This election is about reproductive freedom. If you care about this, you need to turn out and vote. I will fight to make sure that every woman... Somebody should have aborted the little piss baby. ...her own body, her own future, and her own health care. And I will work with the legislature and my fellow Texans to return us to the standard that Texas women won in the first place, Roe versus Wade. That's the standard that answers your question. But I've got to respond to this, this this silliness on Plan B, this comment he made about eliminating rape in the state of Texas. This is an attack on women. More women have been raped in the state of Texas than any other state. There are 3,000 untested rape kits at DPS headquarters, meaning that our our ability to bring rapists to justice has declined by half on this governor's 
watch, and it's arguable that rapists enjoy more victims because more more rights uh, under Greg Abbott than their victims do because they can sue the families of their victims if they help their victim get an abortion and and me able to win a ten thousand dollar bounty Thank in the process. You. Mr. Work, I'll give you a slightly two- nine tails, just slightly. So, once again, I'm, I'm going to be doing this a lot. I have to point out a misstatement by Beto. I signed a law that eliminated the rape kit test backlog at the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, as, as it concerns uh, abortion, listen, Beto's position is the most extreme because he not only supports a, abortion of a fully developed child to the very last second before birth, he's even against providing medical care for a baby who survives an abortion. He is for unlimited... A baby who survives an abortion? That's not true. It's completely a lie. Um, I never said that, and, and no one thinks that in, in the state of Texas. He's saying this because he signed the most extreme abortion ban in America. No exception for rape, no exception for incest. It begins at conception, and it's taking place in a state that is at the epicenter of a maternal mortality crisis, thanks to Greg Abbott, three (laughs) deadly for black women. I will fight to make sure that every woman makes her own decisions about her own body, her own future, and her own health care. That's what most of us, Republicans and Democrats in this state, believe. Mr. Work, just in 15 seconds, is there a limit that you support on women getting an abortion? That limit was decided in 1973 through a victory that Jane Roe and Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington won before an all-male United States Supreme Court. I want us to return to that. It was the law of the land for nearly 50 years until we had the most extreme abortion ban in the country. Sky Common, I'm trying to lay out for the YouTubers. They complain that I talk too much. It's not so much that I'm not seeing your message as that, like, you're making good points, and I agree with you. And, like, I I just can't get in-depth on on that. But I I love you very much. You have 60 seconds. Of course I don't, and and no one does. Defund uh, the police. Look at my record. I think that's the best thing to look at, and then we'll look at the governors. Um, on the El Paso City Council, I raised police salaries 12% in the six years that I served here. there. In Congress, uh, I funded $11 billion to local and state law enforcement across Tom the country, including in Texas. I want to fund law enforcement, fund training so that everyone is treated equally under the law, and I want there to be accountability for when those officers abuse the public trust. But let's look at what Greg Abbott's done. When police and law enforcement begged him not to sign permitless carry because it allows anyone to carry a gun in public without a background check, he turned his back on them, did it anyhow. Homicides have gone up 50%, and we now have gun violence as a leading cause of death for children and teenagers in this state. When the Uvalde Police Department asked for funding, he turned his back on them. He is not doing what keeps us safe. That's why you see the level of rape, violent crime, and homicide up. Yeah, on- rape is up in Texas right now. We did that story earlier in the week on the Troll Patrol. To answer this, uh, after the summer of 2020, did you uh, voice support for cities that cut their police budgets? Minneapolis comes to mind. Did you support those very few and what I continue to support Minneapolis comes to mind I don't even think they went through with it it includes training to ensure that we're treating everyone equally under the law and we definitely need accountability and justice if someone abuses the power of life and death over our fellow citizens without accountability we lose the ability to keep our community safe thank you Mr. O'Rourke Governor Abbott you have spoken about uh, the growing crime in Texas in your commercials and on the campaign trail. Little Piss Baby has spoken. Seven years. So why is crime up? 
don't you bear some of the responsibility for it? So I'll uh, fully answer that question. Let me first. Fantastic uh, question. Seconds, by the way, let, let me reply. And that is, once again, Beto misleads uh, by saying that we denied uh, Uvalde Police Department any money. We not, we've answered every call they've ever made to make sure they have whatever funding they need. And Beto clearly said uh, that in response to Minneapolis that he supports uh, their idea of defunding and dismantling, dismantling police. And I've got to add this. He didn't say a word to criticize the city of Austin that defunded their police by more than $100 million. The law I passed. What fraction of the budget was that? Any city from defunding the police because in Texas we support our law enforcement officers, period. The reason why there's been a rise in crime in some areas, Grummer, is because of another issue we're working on. And that's what's Grummer. happening in Harris County and some other counties where in Harris County they have these easy bail policies that Beto supports, which is cashless bail, that is letting dangerous criminals, such as people recently convicted of murder last year, back out on the, the streets now who killed a police officer recently okay. in Houston, Governor, Texas. Governor, take 15 seconds to answer this again. You've been governor for seven I mean, years. sounds pretty based to me. Bear any responsibility for that. So let me again explain what happened. In Austin, after they, they defunded the police, the year after that, they had the highest number of murders ever. In Harris County, where they have this easy bail policy, uh, in the past couple of years, there have been hundreds of people killed by people let Thank out you. on bail who had been previously arrested oh, for murder. Right. Thank you, Governor. Our next topic comes from one of our uh, one of our viewers. Actually, Britt has more on that. Yes, Grover. Thank you so much. Yeah, we just talked about how ineffective the cops were, and then like, oh, we need to fund the cops. To then craft our own question for you. So here is Douglas Tyler out of Hayes County with his question. Douglas. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing, uh, ask me anything. Not another ERCOT failure like we had during the winter of 2021. How would you oh, he thinks Restream is the name of somebody. Is it time for Texas to face reality and join the rest of the country in a cooperative grid system? Okay, clearly Boom. asked a lot of questions about the grid. Many Texans have similar questions, so we're going to break them down one by one. And for that, I will send it back over to my colleague, Steve. Thank you, Britt, and I want to thank Douglas for that question. And, and Governor Abbott, first for you. Following the outages in February of 2021, the legislature passed 18 different pieces of legislation aimed at improving the grid. An energy expert, Ed Hers from the University of Houston, said last month, quote, no question the grid's better Don't than... Don't king shame anybody. The governor says it's never been more reliable. You live in sexual anarchy. Floor, any kind of movement is better than what it was, end quote. Governor Abbott, what do you make of that assessment of the state grid? Are you confident in its reliability? You have 60 seconds. Very confident. And in fact, I even guaranteed the power would stay on uh, before we faced uh, that winter afterwards. When, when Beto was campaigning, saying that the grid was going to fail in the winter and summer, his campaign hopes fell apart because the laws that I signed did secure the grid. Ever since I signed those reform laws, no Texan has lost power because of the Texas power grid. And know this, Steve, and that is this summer we set 11 new all-time records for heat. Time and again, the power grid was able to keep up, and it's because of the reforms we were able to make. And so the power grid remains more resilient, more reliable than ever before. To go I mean, ahead, they and had localized that. outages. I do Which believe. Appreciate one reason why it's more reliable is because we have greater power available to us and the a greater ability uh, by the Public Utilities Commission to address it. But also, we are, are going to be adding more renewable power, I mean non-renewable power, uh, such as natural gas, to make sure that the power stays on. Thank you, Governor.
Mr. O'Rourke, same question. You know, there hasn't been any major issues with the grid, with outages since the winter of 2021. What do you make? Yeah, major issues. That's fair. The legislature put in to make the grid more reliable. They say more reliable. What would you do differently? You have 60 seconds. Governor Abbott's grid failure is part of a pattern over these last eight years. Warned about, for example, uh, school violence and gun violence specifically against children, does nothing. Um, Warned about problems within Child Protective Services, our foster care program, does nothing, and it gets worse. Warned before February 2021 that we... That's what I thought, Cicero, but, I mean, Abbott made it sound like everything was hunky-dory. Electricity pegged at its highest allowable rate. Gas started trading at 200 times what it had sold for the day before. Now we are all paying 45 bucks more on average in our monthly utility bills. It's the Abbott tax that all of us pay. 700 of our fellow Texans lost their lives because of his incompetence and his inability to do what was necessary before February of 2021. And the kicker is the grid is still not fixed. Just ask Toyota. They stopped their third shift in San Antonio because it was drawing too much power. We had third, three conservation notices this summer. We are not ready for this next winter. We need a governor who's going to do the right thing. Thank you, Mr. O'Rourke. Governor, I'll give you 30 seconds. Sure. All Beto does is fearmonger on this issue, when in reality, the grid is more resilient and reliable uh, than it's ever been. I do want to respond to the price because, importantly, Texans need to know this, and that is after Yuri after the uh, reforms that we passed, uh, Texas has one of the lowest electricity prices in the country, far below the national average, and less than half of what the electricity price is in California. Thank it's you, one Governor. Of, it's one of the fastest growing uh, costs in the state of Texas. And when you look at our higher Blue energy, our higher property taxes, $20 billion more under Greg Abbott, Oops. you see that he's the largest driver of inflation in the state of Texas right now. I'll give you 15 seconds, Governor. Sure. So he just makes this stuff up uh, because, That's all uh, again, the, the, the reality is uh, the electricity cost in Texas uh, remains one of the lowest in the entire United States of America uh, and far lower than I, I believe he's telling the truth there. Thank you, gentlemen. Sally has the next question. Got to talk about education tonight, gentlemen, okay? There's I a mean, it's also like they're one of the and who would like to know the largest energy-producing states as well. Texas are hampered by an unprecedented teacher retention crisis. A Texas teacher workforce report. It's my it's my cleaning out the pot bowl teachers in Texas for the start of the Oh, sorry. Did not mean to do that. 2011 school year. Okay, look at that number. Flash forward the 2019-2020 school year. Less than half of those teachers remained. Former teachers cited everything from pay to burnout to safety as problems. Mr. Work, I want to start with you for this next question. How are you going to keep qualified teachers in the classroom when you have 60 seconds? I mentioned earlier that Amy and I are raising our three children in El Paso where they attend the world-class public schools there. And we know firsthand the important job that those educators do. And I want every educator out there to know that I've got your back. And I'm going to make sure that we pay you enough not to work a second or a third job because of Greg Abbott. Our teachers are underpaid on average by $7,500 a year. I'm going to ensure that you have more valuable classroom time to connect with those kids. So we're going to stop the star test. Igloo! To focus on drawing forth that lifelong love of learning from every child before you. For our retired teachers, I'll make sure you have a cost of living adjustment every single year going forward. You haven't had one in 18 years. Eight of those on Greg Abbott's watch. And most importantly, I will treat you with the dignity and respect that you have earned 
and that you deserve. You sacrifice and give so much to our kids and to this state. We need to make sure we're holding up our end of the bargain. As governor, I will. Uh, 30 seconds to respond to this follow-up. You say that you do support teachers. Do you support giving them a pay raise if you're elected? And if so, how are you going to pay for that? Absolutely, I want to give them a pay raise. Uh, I want to make sure, again, that they're not working that second or third job. What I propose to do, and there's Republican and Democratic support for this, is raise the state's share of school funding. Right now, we ask property taxpayers, the homeowners and renters out there, to shoulder the majority of the burden. I want to make sure that the state is shouldering its fair share. We do that. We can reduce your property taxes at home and provide more funding for our schools, increase teacher pay, and more per-pupil funding in every district in Texas. Thank you, Mr. Worker. God damn it! I've lost my screen now. Qualified teachers in the classroom is the question. Can you answer that for me in 30 seconds? I will, but i, I got to say that uh, raise the state share of education funding is exactly what we did both in 2019 and 2021. Uh, in fact, uh, I provided more funding for education than any governor in Texas history. I provided more funding for teacher pay raises than any governor in Texas history. As we gather here tonight, Sally, the I mean, that could just be one of those things where, Texas, like, that's a given just because of. Yeah. So we will work with the teachers to make sure. And I created a new program. I can okay. tell you about. I'm going to give you 30 more seconds. This is okay. your 60 second answer. Go ahead. I, I created a, a new program uh, that uh, provides a six figure salary. Uh, like saying Joe Biden is presiding over the highest minimum wage ever, right? Used very effectively and broadly in the Dallas County or Dallas Independent School District area, uh, and it's catching on around the state. Uh, if teachers will dedicate themselves to be these master teachers, uh, they will be able to earn a six-figure salary. Educators watching tonight, 15 seconds or less, are you going to give them a pay raise if you are reelected? Yes. we Just as we have given them a pay raise in the past, we will continue those pay raises going forward. He's been governor for eight years. They're still underpaid $7,500 okay. against their national counterparts. Per people funding let me, let me give is 4000 seconds. Down. Go ahead. I'll give you 15 seconds, but we can't talk over each other. Go ahead. Per, per pupil funding in this state is $4,000 less than our counterparts uh, across the country. Educational attainment is at an all-time low pre-pandemic. In the average fourth-grade classroom in Texas, um, most of those fourth-graders could not read okay, at grade level. Up, Mr. We need O'Bourke. to get the backs of those teachers. Time is up. We're going to go to Gromer for the next question. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Um, the next two questions are personal questions. I'd say We're, most of the country's fourth-graders can't read at grade no level. There will be no opportunities for rebuttals. So let's start with you, Governor Abbott. Uh, University of Houston political scientist Brandon Roddinghouse said the following. Quote, in Texas politics, it's adapt or die. Greg Abbott didn't start his career as a right-wing Republican, but he certainly ended up there. Governor Abbott, you signed... And you know what we say about right-wingers. ...abortions without exceptions for rape or incest, and a law allowing the permanentless carry of firearms. Critics, including some members of your own party, say you have moved too far to the right. Have you moved too far to the right, Governor? You have 60 seconds. Well, let's, let's look at uh, the issues that you brought up, and, and that is, uh, for one, uh, as a Catholic and my wife and I, we've been pro-life our entire lives, so much so that it grew even stronger when we adopted our daughter. On the, the day she was born, I was the very first person to hold her after she was born, and I've seen firsthand... This is an emotive argument. ...that adoption can have, and it just further strengthened my belief in the power of giving life to every child possible, seeing how it can happen so successfully. I want others to be able to 
have that same sense of joy, not only that my wife and I have had, but also that our daughter has had. In general, one thing that we've been able to achieve across the entire state of Texas, we've been sure that we provide opportunity for everybody. Growers, as we gather here tonight, Texas ranks number one in jobs created yeah, by business owners and jobs created by Hispanic women business owners. Governor Abbott, just 10 more seconds. No, it's G. Ober. Too far to the right, though, in, in recent years. And what I tried to explain to you, Grummer, is that I'm governing from principles. I, I'm not looking at changing and constantly flip-flopping positions like other people do. I'm governing from my principles. Thank you. Thank you, Governor Abbott. Mr. O'Rourke, you served as a congressman from West Texas from 2013 to 2018. Since then, you had a close but unsuccessful run for Senate against Ted Cruz in 2018. Two years later, in 2020, you had an unsuccessful run for president. Now you're running for governor. Why have you run for so many different... I mean, offices? adoption is not something to rely on when there is already like 140,000 kids. I, you know, do, I, I feel so think that's in the system in the U.S., but that might be worldwide. I'm not sure on that statistic. As a small business owner in El Paso, Texas, creating high-skill, high-wage, high-value jobs in our community. Um, as a member of the City Council, as a member of Congress on the House Veterans Affairs Committee, delivering for look those it up now. their lives on the line for this country, for all of us. It has been the honor of my lifetime. And now to run, to be able to overcome these failures that we see in Texas right now, whether it's a grid that doesn't work, teachers who are leaving the profession by the thousands, in 2019, it was 123,000 in the U.S. In the U.S. At this moment of truth, for adoption. to make sure that we come through, and it's not just me, and it's not just my political party. There are hundreds of thousands of people across the state of Texas who want change and are working for it, and it's my honor to be able to lead this campaign and to serve as the next governor of this state to make sure that we deliver for them. Ida, we're, we're coming to the end, about 10 more minutes. Uh, let's go back to Britt now for another topic insp inspired by a viewer. Question. That's kind of why it's like boom, boom, boom. Tonight, candidates, And we did use this to then craft our own question as a heads up. So first, that initial question from a Nexstar News Nation viewer. It's from Missy Pena out of New Braunfels. Here's Missy. What are your plans to help get mortgage rates under control and make sure that housing stays affordable for everyone to avoid the issues we had in 08, 09, where everyone was losing their homes to foreclosure. Now we have our own question that includes things on property taxes, and for that, I will send it over to Steve. Thank you, Britt, and thank you, Missy, for that great question. You know, property taxes make up a hefty amount of most people's mortgages in the state of Texas. Mr. O'Rourke, I want to ask you this question first. The governor's proposed using half of the $27 billion budget surplus to provide what he says is the largest property tax cut in state history. That does not relieve the long-term property tax burden that many Texas residents feel. How would you provide long-term property tax relief? You have 60 seconds. You know, about the, the governor's proposal, you have to ask yourself where this guy's been for the last eight years. People across this state are hurting. The average Texan now is paying more in taxes than the average Californian. When you combine that with- That is true. Grid, sent our energy bills through the roof and the cost of, of housing. He's the single greatest driver of inflation in the state of Texas. This is how we can turn it around. One, let's expand Medicaid. We'll go from a state that's the least insured to one where everyone can see a doctor or be able to fill a prescription. 
It will also reduce our property taxes because right now you are on the hook for uncompensated indigent care. Two, let's up the share of state spending for public ed. I talked about it earlier. The state spends 40%, local property taxpayers 60%. Under my leadership, we'll get that to 50-50, reduce the pressure on local property taxpayers. And third, let's make sure that there's property tax. How about none on property tax? Are not paying their fair share. That means all of us pay more. Thank you, sir. Governor Abbott, I, want to I don't want schools tied to property tax because you end up with wealthy schools with a lot of resources and poor schools with not a lot of resources. And to Texans at home, just like Missy. Uh, and know this, there's only one person on this stage tonight who's ever raised property taxes, uh, and that is Beto. Beto raised property taxes three times when he was on the city council in El Paso. I will never raise property taxes. And one thing he knows also, and that is the state of Texas does not levy a property tax. That's only done at the local level. And so what the state of Texas has done, and we will continue to do, is to drive down the ability of the, the local governments from, me, from being able to raise taxes. And, and I'm the only one with a bold vision for actually cutting property taxes, as you pointed out. Because of our strong economy in Texas, we have a budget surplus of $27 billion. I want to use at least half of that $27 billion to drive down property tax rates. Steve, it can be done in a long-term basis if we use that to lower the school property tax component. Thank you, sir. You uh, raised my name in that. Yeah, okay, I'll give you 15 seconds. Thank you. Um, like many local leaders, we have to deal with unfunded mandates sent down by Greg Abbott. That's our mental health care system where the county jails are the largest provider of mental health care services, our schools. As governor, I'll make sure that Pathetic. we expand Medicaid so we reduce that demand and up the share of state spending. That's how we get Thank this done. You. I want to move Oh, on. my God. Welcome. We've got a lot of things we want to try to get to in this short hour. Mr. O'Rourke, you say you would take the burden off property tax owners by creating other revenue streams. Most notably, legalizing marijuana, expanding Medicaid, and closing loopholes enjoyed by commercial property owners. But how will you get those proposals through a Republican-controlled legislature? 30 seconds. Republicans and Democrats alike across this state want to make sure that we reduce property taxes. I think we all have a vested interest in that outcome. They also agree on common-sense bipartisan solutions. Expanding Medicaid, all that means is getting $10 billion back of our federal income taxes to this state to reduce our property taxes. Why Greg Abbott has not done it when every border state has is beyond me. Making sure that we legalize marijuana so we never, no longer spend half a billion dollars locking people up and forgo another half billion dollars in revenue, again, makes no sense. Thank you, Let's sir. legalize marijuana you know, and we, get this I, We done. need to move on because I want to make sure that we give the governor a chance to answer my next question. Your campaign team has seen, said since taking office, property taxes have been reduced by $18 billion. Yet those reductions have not kept pace with rising property values that increase the taxes homeowners pay. How do you solve this problem without introducing additional revenue streams? You have 30 seconds. Sure. So one way that we have reduced property taxes is through those homestead exemptions. Uh, another way that we've done it is by buying down uh, the property tax rate at the school district level. And what I propose to do with this $13.5 billion. God damn right it is. Is to drive down those property tax rates even further. My goal is to eliminate the school property tax that's imposed in the state of Texas so that people can genuinely own their own home without being taxed out of it.
Mr. Rourke, I want to give you 15 seconds. He's, eight, he's had eight years to get this done. If it's such a good idea, why are we talking about another four years to accomplish that? I will reduce your property taxes as governor. You little piss boy. By $20 billion, 40% increase since he first took office. You want more property taxes? Vote for Greg Abbott. Governor, I'm going to give you 15 sure. seconds. So uh, anybody who knows anything knows the state does not raise property taxes. The only reason why it would have gone up is because of valuations. That would mean that I get credit for the biggest enrichment to people that had. I will not take that. One thing we have to do to add on top of it, we need to reduce the appraisals. We've got to completely change Thank the appraisal system. Thank you, sir. We're, we're running out of time. Right. Appraisals are the problem? Thank you, and thank you, gentlemen. You made it. That's all the time we have for questions tonight. And now it's time for your closing statement. So, Mr. O'Rourke, we'll start with you tonight. 30 seconds for your closing statement and your time. 30 seconds. God damn. Look, I don't think that Greg Abbott wakes up wanting to see children shot in their schools or for the grid to fail, but it's clear that he's incapable or unwilling to make the changes necessary to prioritize the lives of our fellow Texans. That's why it's on all of us to make sure that we have change at the ballot box this November 8th. I'll keep your lights on. I'll make sure that I keep your kids safe. We'll reduce property taxes and we'll prioritize the lives of each and every single Texan in this state. Mr. O'Rourke, thank you so much. Now, Governor Abbott, your 30 seconds starts now. Texas ranks number one for the most new jobs added. Kick Welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. Blue Ribbon Schools, number one for Tier 1 Research Universities, uh, and, and number one in so many categories. I'm running for re-election to keep Texas number one, to cut your property taxes, to secure the border, to keep dangerous criminals behind bars, and to keep deadly fentanyl off our streets. Together, we will keep Texas number one. Governor Abbott, thank you so much. And that concludes our debate tonight. I want to thank what the is, What is Texas number one in? ...for being here with us tonight and for participating. I also want to thank the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley for hosting us here in South Texas tonight. Up next, you will be able to watch the Texas governor's race post-debate speech. Now, you can watch this online. The media winch. Thank you for the resub. Thank you so much. Number of executions. Yes, yes, yes. To all of Texas. Good night. OMG indeed. So yeah, I don't I don't know that we've had all that many uh Facebook comments here on this on this fine program. Brandy coming in with the fire. <laughs> Yeah, not the, do I even follow the Media Winch's personal Twitch channel? You can catch the Winch over at Echoplex Media. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Jesse Smollett, thank you for being a freaking follower. You have just witnessed the Texas gubernatorial debate. It was only one hour. This is the only debate that's going to happen between these two. It apparently happened in an empty auditorium because of Governor Greg Abbott not wanting to have the parents of the uh, Uvalde victims in the audience. So right there from the start, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that is 
two marks against Abbott. But I do I do not have confirmation. That is that was Beto saying the auditorium was empty because of Governor Greg Abbott. I don't know that to be a fact and couldn't verify it. That that tidbit came from Beto. However, I do know that Abbott made a shit ton of demands about the debate. I just couldn't find uh, all of the demands that he made. So that, out of, out of the gate, the fact that he would only agree to a one-hour debate, which I think is bullshit, I think all debates should be at least two hours. And you should get three to five minutes for your response. This, like, fucking 15 seconds? Are you are you shitting me? 30 seconds to answer a question? No, it is absolutely because the crowd would have been very pro-Beto. But now, in a debate like this, they ask the, the, the audience not to cheer or jeer during the debate. Like, you'll, you'll get your time to, to uh, you give applause at the beginning, you give applause at the end. It's kind of like the Ring of Honor, Code of Honor thing. And then through the debate, you're supposed to be silent. So automatically that he only agreed to one debate, that it had these kind of restrictions, we didn't really get to have a good conversation. I mean, there were 15 seconds counterpoints, so yeah, there were no counterpoints. I will say that Governor Abbott probably handled himself the best on the question of the energy grid. Uh, He was factual in his statements. Other than, other than, uh, he he made it sound like there had been no issues, but I like, I was certain that there had been uh, localized blackouts. Well, as you want a little debate analysis. We'll hear more from Edinburgh and analysis from our teams all across the state. And this includes live coverage from Dallas, where we're following a focus group of voters. Did tonight's event sway any of them toward one candidate or the other? Yeah, plus we're <laughs> So there's going to be more coverage of the debate than there is actually debate. Digging into the messages from the candidates and what that could mean for voters. Well, tonight's debate had several memorable moments. The first came soon after it started when we asked the candidates about the busing of migrants. O'Rourke called it a stunt and upheld his hometown. I think that Beto won all of the early topics. And that led to this exchange. You could probably say toss up on energy or even give Abbott the win on that one. But Abbott didn't look good. The El Paso City Council Democrats. Any other time. More people than property taxes, possibly. And he held his own on property taxes. Completely different program. It, it is it is apples to oranges. And I'll tell you, this hateful rhetoric, this treating human beings. busing apples and oranges? Talking about invasions okay, we're gonna, in Texas. We're gonna move Texas. On. I saw that comment and I died. For, oh, I'd, ra- I'd rather talk, to be honest with you. I've I've been... <laughs> I've been uh, constrained too long. For those of you who didn't catch it, like... I've had a lot of YouTube comments that I talk too much through uh, live events that we're watching like this. 
So I was trying to lay out. I was trying not to talk over Beto and Abbott specifically. I mean, I get O'Rourke and Abbott specifically. I guess I shouldn't call him Beto. Did Abbott have a weird way of saying Beto, or is that just a Texas accent thing? It was like, I I, I can't tell. It just, it, it kind of struck me as odd, the way he was saying Beto, but I'd, I don't know. I mean, we're live, so I don't really want to pause, you know? I thought about pausing a couple times. I do go ahead want to mention we are going to be doing the Friday Night Freak Show at 10 p.m. Eastern. Tonight's special guest co-host, Sir Warmups. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about names. Because here's here's the thing. I'm gonna try to get him to change his name from Sir Warmups to Sir Wampus. I think he would do better on the on the Twitch as Sir Wampus. Now I'm not I'm not one to talk. I would probably do better on the Twitch as Justin Muffins as opposed to Justin Freakin'. Uh, Sir Warmups will be the special guest co-host tonight on the Friday Night Freak Show in less than an hour. We'll be coming back on in less than an hour. I do want to quickly go over, and I really need to get these. Like They're not in order. Like I was just trying to think of all the different uh, debates that I wanted to check out. And if you guys have suggestions for debates that I don't mention on here, that you wanna that you wanna cover live because I need to go ahead over this weekend and uh, do a complete list of which debates we're gonna cover so that we don't miss any. So here's what we got on the docket in Arizona in the Senate race. We're gonna do the Blake Masters, uh, John Kelly debate. John Kelly, the Democratic incumbent, Blake Masters, the Republican challenger. For the Arizona Senate race, that debate will take place on October 6th. On October 7th, we're going to move over to Wisconsin, to the Wisconsin Senate race, where incumbent Senator Republican Ron Johnson will debate the Democratic challenger Mandela Barnes. Very much looking forward to that. That race is far closer than it has any right to be. Recent polling seems to show that Johnson is back up a little. But in recent months, Barnes has been up. I am trying to go in order here, but it's a little hard. Going back to Arizona on October 12th, the Republican... uh, the Republican nominee for uh, governor in Arizona, Carrie Lake, who is batshit fucking crazy. I can't. I've I've got Hobbs written down, but I don't remember. I don't remember her first name. I believe she's the current Secretary of State in Arizona. That's apparently an open seat. I believe it's Ducey is the current governor there. I guess he is term limited out. That is October 12th. That is Carrie Lake, who is batshit fucking crazy. 
taking on Secretary Hobbs, the Democratic uh, nominee. On October 13th, we get a second debate in Wisconsin between Ron Johnson, the Republican senator, and the Democratic challenger, Mandela Barnes, who just followed us. Wind Child 13. Thank you for being a freaking follower. On October 14th, this, this one is highly anticipated. Democratic incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock will debate Republican challenger Herschel Walker, who is also batshit fucking crazy. On October 17th, we're going to move over to Georgia, where uh, Republican incumbent for governor Brian Kemp will be debating Stacey Abrams, the very high-profile Democratic challenger, as the first of two debates. On October 18th, we will head to Florida where uh, Republican incumbent Marco Rubio will debate Val Demings, the Democratic nominee for Senate. That is October 18th. On October 20th, we have two different debates, but they are on two different sides of the country. So hopefully we get to watch both of them. October 20th in Florida will be the gubernatorial debate between Republican incumbent Ron DeSantis or as my chat likes to call him Ron DeSantis I'm down with that we taking on Democratic nominee Charlie Crist a former Republican and former governor of Florida also, on October 20th, Cortez Masto, the Democratic incumbent in Nevada, take on the Republican challenger. I, I forget the dude's first name. Laxalt. He is a, he is a hardcore Trumpy. Also, kind of batshit crazy. Uh, on October 25th, This is one that everybody is looking forward to. The Pennsylvania Senate race, we will be watching Republican nominee Dr. Oz. The Democratic nominee, John Fetterman. And uh, the last one I have here on the list is the second debate in Georgia. The gubernatorial race, Stacey Abrams. The Democratic nominee debating the Republican incumbent, Brian Kemp. Do you have any other debates that you would like to watch? Any races that you don't think I mentioned? Drop them in the chat. And uh, I'm going to go ahead, hop off here. Get ready for the Freak Show. I will see you guys here in less than an hour with my special guest co-host, Sir Warm-Ups. Um, 
I, I, I can't do the go ahead, light one up, tip one back. Because, you know, that's, that's kind of like a, you know, good night for the, the evening. So I always leave you with my, uh, my, my stand-up bit that I do at the end. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. However, that doesn't limit your options very much at all. Oh, I got to find you guys somebody to raid. Who are we raiding here real fast? But you, you come back to me uh, for the 10 o'clock hour for the Friday Night Free Show. Let's go. Let's go hang out with Squid. Looks like Squid is just coming on. Hop in with Squid. And I need to get Squid to come on and be a co-host on the free show. So see you guys momentarily. I'm Rick. I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that. That was wild. <laughs> 